In this week's episode, I'll be laying out five things that you can do in order to motivate yourself so that you can achieve the goals that you've set. Hello and welcome to the All Figured Out podcast with me, Sean Jai Krishna. This is a space where I discuss the pressures that some may feel to have it all figured out. When really, you don't need to have it all figured out. And really, it shouldn't matter as long as we're all taking steps to be better than the person we were yesterday. So join me as I share methods and practices, thoughts and ideas, even experiences of myself and of other people with the aim to encourage, inform, inspire, and if nothing else, then entertain the listeners of the All Figured Out podcast. Yes, hello and welcome back to the All Figured Out podcast with me, your boy, Sean JK. So happy to have you, glad you're here, glad that you are investing time in yourself in order to find out the five best things that I think you can do in order to motivate yourself. And this is a topic that, you know, there's, I've brought it down to five, I'm sure there are many, many more, probably hundreds. Uh, But I think a small caveat as well to the things that I'm about to mention is that motivation is important. But I do think as well that motivation can often be too romanticized. The goal really isn't to have kind of unparalleled motivation. It really should be to have almost an unbreakable sense of discipline. The goal really is habits. It's it's regular repeated behaviors and motivation should just be mustered at times where you can't move yourself to action and keep up that habit. It's it's a tool more than it is a desired state. The desired state isn't to be motivated. The desired state is to actually be doing what it is that you set out to do. Motivation is just a tool in order to do that and to execute. And so yeah, these are five things that you can do to motivate yourself, but just remember that motivation and being motivated isn't the desired state. Motivation should move you to action and repeated action and habits uh, should be the desired state and the goal. That being said, caveat aside, we will get into number one. Number one, I put start with the easy things. Start with the easy things. I think sometimes when motivation is at an all-time low, it can often be the result of just not feeling a sense of achievement for, for anything that you've done. You know, sometimes you can get to the end of the day and think, I haven't done any exercise today. I didn't hit my goal for you know spending x amount of time this week or month or day doing this certain thing Uh, you know just for example i'm in my final year of uni and we have a massive design project that we have to do and there's only one intermediate deadline we had the start date there's one deadline halfway and then there's the finish date and it's like a 16 week possibly longer project and the thing that deadlines do is not only do they create a small sense of external pressure, but they give you lots of mini goals and micro goals. And the thing is, when you hit a micro goal, you actually get a micro dose of a sense of achievement. And actually, achievement has been scientifically linked and proven to release dopamine. And, um, you know, therefore, you can often get the ball rolling when you're faced with a huge gargantuan task of just starting with the minute or the relatively easy tasks this could be in the context of my 
project, for example, maybe just rereading the project brief, the problem or the question. Maybe it's a quick call with a colleague or a team member to get you in the right frame of mind or to get you up to speed. When I did a sales uh, internship over summer, we would have hour long kind of powwows with um, other members of the team, other sales guys, just to just to pump you up a bit, get to you know chatting to someone, uh, have someone talk you through things that they're trying. Um, just getting on the phone with someone who's in a similar environment, has a similar goal to you and just bouncing off them for a bit can really you know, motivate you and move you to action. It could also be if you're wanting to crack down on maybe you've got a lot of writing that you need to do, then it might just be writing a plan. It could just be writing down the questions that you want to answer in your next block of text that you want to write. It may be, and this is actually a major habit or task that I like to do and has become really effective for me is tidying or cleaning my workspace and sometimes my room. Some people might label that as procrastination but there have been a lot of studies and a lot of high performance gurus shall we say that always highlight the importance of having a organized clean or tidy environment in which to carry out work. So something that I really like doing is if the you know, if I'm really struggling to motivate myself to sit down at my desk and do work, well, it's going to be even less motivating when I look at my desk and it's just, it just, it looks like a bomb has hit it and there's just stuff everywhere, crap everywhere, maybe a few day old bowls and plates that you use to eat off. It might be just, you've left your stationery everywhere, wires everywhere, things that you've got out, might be clothes on your desk or on your desk chair. Whatever it might be, I find that just taking, if it's 10 minutes, it's probably less than that, to be honest, to just tidy my desk and clean my desk, I get that small sense of achievement, like I'm doing something, like it's productive. And this is also echoed in other books, a really famous book by William Raven. Um, he was an admiral for uh, you know a massive fleet in the US, and he actually wrote a book, and it's just called Make Your Bed. And he talks about how just that one activity, first thing in the morning, the very first thing that you do, you exercise an element of discipline, but also control, and you achieve something just by making your bed. It's one thing that you've set yourself to do as the first thing of your day, and you can tick it off the list. And that gives you momentum, or gives you a sense of achievement, and even motivation to do the next thing that's on your list. So yeah, something that's really, really helped me. It, it might sound a bit ridiculous, but it definitely helps. It only takes five minutes uh, and it can make a huge difference. The second thing I put on my list of the five things that you can do to motivate yourself is to celebrate the wins, no matter how small. So when you get that microdose of dopamine after achieving something, make sure that you use that to propel you forward. And in order to do that, you, you need to celebrate that win. You know, it, it might be uh, giving yourself a pat on the back for going on that run when it just started raining. And to make that fist pump when you, you know, finish that report and you hand it in. To breathe a sigh of relief and of satisfaction, really, when you complete something. These small celebrations aren't at all complacency. And science has shown that people respond better to positive reinforcement than to negative reinforcement around the moderate levels of each. What I mean by that is if positive and negative reinforcement are taken to the extremes, then the response is more compliant with the 
extreme negative consequences. So for example, using something that's extremely detrimental to your life perhaps or your survival is going to be more effective. You know, it's the classic, if someone was holding a gun to your head scenario, or <laughs> I actually remember a story or a time in school where ahead of a sports day, our head of house came in and said, you know, when you're running your races out there today, and this was, we were in year seven, so we're a bunch of 11, 12 year old kids looking forward to our first sports day. Um, but our head of house was a semi-professional athlete. And she came in and she said, all right, when you're running, I want you to imagine that there is a lion chasing you and that you need to run faster and faster and don't let the lion catch you and eat you. And we all kind of looked around like, what? is going on why is she talking about lions it's a sports day but that's the you know that's the extremes that i'm talking about but like i said most of us tend to live our lives with the reinforcements and consequences somewhere in the middle ground where not every decision that you make will have extreme detrimental um consequences to your health or survival um, and where positive reinforcement again, to the extremes, won't give you everything that you desire all in one second. But yeah, like I said, in the kind of moderate levels of negative and positive reinforcements, science has proven that we respond a lot better to positive reinforcement, and it has a greater effect on our endurance and our motivation. Number three, number three I've put down is revisit your why. So I don't know about you, but when I undertake a task that might impact my time, my effort, energy, mental strain, maybe finances for the foreseeable future, I often do so under the pretense of a very convincing why. Usually if there is going to be a large degree of investment, you really do have to have a reason. And you know, when I, when we, when you start said prolonged habit or activity, then the why is stuck at the forefront of your mind, right? It's very easy to remain motivated when you've just started and the why is very clear. It's the only thing that you're thinking about. However, naturally, over time, other parts of daily life compete for those things mentioned. Uh, other things in your daily life will compete for your time, for your energy, for your mental capacity. And that's why the why can begin to drift from the front of our minds to somewhere in the middle, maybe all the way at the back. And what remembering your why does is it reprioritizes the order in which those things can be exhausted. So again, those things being the time, energy, mental capacity, maybe even finances. So, you know, over time, getting up early and going to the gym before work may become more difficult because at 6 a.m., when you're half asleep and you can't even remember falling asleep the night before, let alone why your alarm has very rudely interrupted your deep sleep dreams. Remembering that actually you have a wedding in a few months or remembering that actually you want to maintain a good quality of life well into my old age because we're expected to live a lot longer now due to you know medical and technological advancements maybe remembering that you're aiming for a particular sporting event and you have a goal that will help you drag your legs round to the side of the bed to turn off your alarm instead of hitting snooze to get up get out get your work gear on 
and get into the exercise, uh, you know, get out of the comfort of your own bed and then of your own home. Um, so yeah, remembering the why, like I said, it helps to reprioritize the things that compete for your energy, your time, your mental strain, even your finances on a daily basis. Remembering your why will help you reprioritize where those things should be spent. The fourth one is get around motivated people. I think this one is arguably one of the most effective things you can do. Humans are extremely impressionable and feed off the emotions of other people. Some say, you know, it's other people's energies. Other people will use the word vibes. You know, they just have a great vibe, a really good, I get a great vibe from them, you know. Um, whatever you call it, either way, you know, the point is it's pervasive, it's diffusive. And you want to be around people who are also driven. But not only that, you you want to be around people that are driven toward the things that you are wanting to achieve. It wouldn't make sense for me to find a mentor or an enthusiast who's making moves and climbing the corporate ladder when I want to start my own business. You know, I, I shouldn't spend my time with people that value luxury products or fine dining when I'm really trying to save money and those are things that perhaps I can't afford. Other driven people are great to learn from, you know, great to take inspiration from, but also, and something I've touched on before is they can help you create that external degree of pressure and help you remain accountable towards your your goals. And this is something that I touched on in the last episode about me and my friend Sam. We wanted to stay on top of our, you know, regular exercise patterns during the week and we were both aiming towards the same goal. Um, so it was important to both of us. It was a priority for both of us. And what we did was, is we sent each other our workout schedule the week ahead. And then each day we'd you know, ask each other if we'd finished the workout or if we just completed it, then we just send a message to the other person saying that we'd finished. It's just to create, like I said, that degree of external pressure of relinquishing kind of the, a, a bit of the control that you have over your day to someone else. And someone else can begin to nitpick at your excuses or nitpick at the reasons why you didn't do something. And uh, as I mentioned in the previous episode, you begin to realize that your excuses or reasons become a lot more difficult to justify to someone else when it's outside of your own head. Um, so yeah, get around motivated people and particularly people that are motivated toward the things that you want to achieve, obtain, whatever it might be. The fifth and final one, and like I said, you know, I've only picked five here, but there could be many, many more, and I might touch on some in future as well. The fifth and final one is lower the resistance to the productive pathway. And I'll, I'll just begin to unpack that uh, a bit as well. So people by and large, right, are creatures with a deep sense of inertia. What does inertia mean? Inertia essentially is, it's, it's a physical phenomenon it's a foundational and fundamental principle of physics. It's that if an object is doing something, it generally likes to remain doing what it's doing. So for example, if you have a person on a bike and they're at speed, let's say, you notice that when you, you're at a constant speed and you're kind of pedaling away, everything's fine. It's not too much effort. Um, however, when you start to hit the brakes, you yourself, if you're stood up on the bike, you'll feel yourself be almost thrown forward. 
That's because your body, your mass has now picked up momentum, kinetic energy, and the bike itself is slowing down. However, your body, mass times acceleration, wants to propel itself forward because of this inertia. It's going to take some force to stop your body from flying forwards. And that force is usually exerted in the form of friction between the brakes and the tires, and then you holding onto the bike itself. Um, and that's how you slow your body down along with the bike. This is also seen in, you know, if you take a really heavy object that's sat on the floor, it will take a lot of energy to move that object from where it is to a particular speed. If it picks up momentum, it will stay at that speed and then you'll need energy to actually slow it down. So this is a very basic explanation of the principle of inertia and people embody this to a T. We are creatures of inertia. We crave nothing more than to find a zone or a pattern that's comfortable, it provides what we need, maybe not all of what we want, but at least we get what we need. And this phenomenon is really important to acknowledge when it comes to motivation. Think about motivation as the energy required to move you to action. And think of the action as maybe getting up and going running, for example. The resistance from being asleep in bed to getting up, to getting out of bed, to then running and fighting against, you're fighting against the initial fatigue you're fighting against the tiredness, you're having to find and select your workout clothes, you're gonna to have to put your trainers on, you're gonna to have to walk down or up the stairs, uh, you're gonna to have to walk out the door into the cold and then you're gonna to have to start pumping your legs and, and getting running. Those are all very menial things in isolation of what I mentioned, you know, finding clothes, just sitting upright out of bed, putting your trainers on. But if you add those things all together and suddenly you have a lot of resistance to executing from being in bed to going out running and it all adds up. Therefore, it's important to lower the resistance in that pathway. So for example, taking the tiredness as one form of resistance, what you could do is to prevent being tired, perhaps you could go to bed earlier, make it easier to get up in the first place. Place the alarm clock away from your bed so that there is more resistance to going back to sleep. Choose and lay out clearly what you want to wear when you get up. Put your workout gear out on the table, on the desk, wherever it is, so that you're not having to rummage around in the dark or when you're tired for where it is, and that's just added resistance. Remove that resistance, put your clothes out the night before. Put your trainers out the night before. Maybe even pre-select a, you know, a playlist, maybe even a, a podcast episode. I know a really good podcast that I could recommend to you. <laughs> you know, pick what you're going to listen to when you run. And it even gives you something to look forward to, an event that you can look forward to in the mornings or the evenings, whenever it is that you do it. And this can apply in so many contexts. If you want to drink more water, instead of filling up just one glass of water and taking it to your desk and having to each time travel up the stairs and then or down the stairs, go to the sink, fill it up and reverse that journey back to your desk. Why not just take a massive bottle and fill up the whole bottle at your, you know, at the sink, bring it back to your desk and then maybe bring a glass with you and just fill up the glass at your desk. You're just removing the resistance to that pathway. If you're undertaking learning, 
you know, from an extra course in your own time, instead of have, you know, instead of having to dig out the books each time that you've buried them after having finished the last session, why not just keep the browser open? Why not keep the books in a very easy to reach accessible place on your desk or on a shelf? So that when you sit down, you're not having to get up, go grab the books, dig them out from somewhere. They're within arm's reach. If you're trying to stop doing something, this principle can be applied in reverse. And it's where you actually add resistance to those pathways. For example, if you want to eat less unhealthy snacks whilst working, then make it more difficult to access them. If you've already made up your mind, then you know maybe you won't buy them at all and you'll give them up altogether, or you'll buy reasonable substitutes. But as I mentioned earlier, something like getting out of bed, if you charge your phone away from your bed, where you actually have to get out of bed to then turn your alarm off, then what that does is, is you've added more resistance to getting back into bed and then going back to sleep. And I've actually managed, this is something that's been really effective for me, I've actually managed to win back quite a lot of time just by getting myself out of bed and waking up more naturally. And to the point where now I'll often wake up before my alarm, which is fantastic. Not too much earlier before my alarm, because that really frustrates me because I feel like I've been robbed. But, you know, I'll, I'll just wake up naturally now because my body's used to getting up at that time. And it's been really helpful. The principle really is about removing and adding friction in a, a strategic manner that sets yourself up for those wins and micro wins that I mentioned earlier. So just things to think about, I guess, in your daily patterns, in your routines, things that you want to get done, things that you want to do less of, where can you add friction tactically, strategically throughout your day and remove friction as well? So yeah, there you have it guys. Those are five things that I like to use. Obviously, I don't use all of them all the time, but they're five things that I like to go back to when I'm struggling for motivation. Like I said, I'm sure there's many, many more, and I'm, I'll be happy to get into those in future episodes as well. If you found this episode helpful, then feel free to, you can let me know. You can share it with someone that perhaps is struggling with motivation themselves, or, you know, feel free to drop it in conversation and, and just say, hey, these are five things that I think might help you in your situation. You know, you're trying to achieve X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, go for it. Thank you so much once again, guys, for joining me and we will see you next time.